Welcome to Same Difference Podcast. I am Michael Higgins, and uh, we are talking to people across the country, uh, locally in Nashville, Tennessee, from Pancake's House, um, really showing that people, although we are different, we are the same. And that's what I want to come across with uh, my guest right now is Tyler Merritt from Nashville, Tennessee. Uh, lead singer in a band, Broken Frame. Yeah. I'm got to drop your band. <laughs> we'll talk about your band. We'll talk about it. Um, but also a former pastor of mine, because mm-hmm. you were a youth pastor when I was when I was going to that church. So. Correct. So uh, I heard him talk. I've heard him rap. <laughs> you have. <laughs> and, and it wasn't pretty. It, it wasn't. wasn't. It wasn't pretty it was at all. But uh, here, here we are. Uh, in at a time frame, and, and I, I want to keep this, you know, relevant in a time frame that everybody can understand. You know, we we are just coming out of um, the memorials uh, today at for the Dallas policemen who were shot at the uh, the protest that happened, and um, so we're coming off uh, really a month of uh, of shootings uh, with the LGBTQ community, um, black individuals who have been killed by white policemen in very questionable circumstances. Um, and then these memorials and Tyler had a, this uh, Facebook post got 14,000 hits on it. I don't know. I don't know yeah. if you know that. I, 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 I didn't realize it was there now, but yeah. Yeah. And um, it was, it was a good, it, it was a, a, it was not a rant. It was a plea. And uh, let, let's start with that. Uh, what can you kind of go over what you talked about? It's available on Facebook and I'll try to, to get a video of it to, to post with this podcast as well. Oh man. Uh, oh, you're, you're going back deep with what happened with that. So I, I tend to have to be pretty sensitive for the things that I post on central for on social media for a handful of reasons. Um, I grew up in Las Vegas, Nevada. I lived uh, until I was 18. I did theater professionally, uh, started in Las Vegas, went to California, Northern California to go to college and lived there for about eight years where I went to college, did theater still, that's where I started Broken Frame. I was there for about eight years and then came to Nashville. Uh, My parents grew up in the South. They grew up in Alabama in a small little black town that very few people know. It's called Utah, Alabama, E-U-T-A-W. Oh, wow. And uh, I don't know why in my mind when my band moved to Nashville, it didn't occur to me that we're moving to the South, meaning the South, how some people like to look at it in in the kind of stereotypical way of, oh, you're going to the South. Yeah, yeah. I don't, I don't think I saw it that way. I didn't see Nashville that way. I don't think it occurred to me until I started driving through Arkansas and started driving through Memphis and got here. And this is all, this all kind of fits into this narrative of this video. Sure. Okay. Uh, all of that to say, growing up on the West coast, uh, the way that people, I, I was unaware of how people dealt with race in certain levels. You know, I was, uh, this really is the South really is the home of so much of the segregation and so many things that have happened historically and culturally between black and white people. And 
it's taken me years to get used to it. I'm so rarely, I'm, I'm still not completely used to it, but I'm getting used to it. All that to say, because of where I've been in life and because of what I do between acting and music and all of those things, I also have a wide span of people in my life from pastors to um, gay pastors to professional actors on Broadway to, to rock stars, to all these things. I don't say that to say, oh, I'm great. I'm saying that there's sure. a wide array to, I was a youth pastor, so I have youth kids who are now growing up who were homeschooled and now are finding their own faith or lack thereof. Sure. So, and I also am the face of um, this project called the Gospel Project for Kids, which is now worldwide through Lifeway, uh, which is easily the most wide-spanning thing that I'm a part of in my life, and that I'm the face of this thing for Lifeway uh, Corporation. That's easy to Google any day of the week because sure. it's huge. So. All that to say, all of the friends that I have are a culmination of so many people. So when I post something on social media, I have to be incredibly sensitive. Um, I started this thing called This Is Crazy Love 2016, where I was attempting to put uh, something about love and appreciation for every person in my life every single day of the year this year. After what went down um, with the shootings originally, the first two shootings, in Baton Rouge, in, in, yeah, in, in Baton Rouge, Minnesota. Uh, actually, what happened was the shooting in in Baton Rouge. I I saw that, and I was afraid to go on Facebook, not because I was afraid of seeing that video anymore or anything like that. My biggest concern was of all these people that I love and that I care about. I, I I know that the reaction oftentimes, Michael, is to say the first thing that comes to their mind, no matter what that thing may be. Sure. And I can understand it because of the passion behind it. Like, I get it, man. Like, I, I 100% understand how people want to be passionate about things. They want to post. They want people to see. And they want people to say. Um, but I was afraid that somebody was going to say something in this case that was going to honestly piss me off in such a way that I was going to have to react in such a way that was not going to be pretty for anybody involved. Sure. And I wasn't feeling it. I wasn't having it. And being an African-American male, um, when I saw the video that happened in Baton Rouge, you said, as we started this, con this, this podcast, something about questionable shootings, um, that one to me was kind of questionable. Like I, I was like, you know, people can argue and say the guy was saying to the cops, talking back, back to the cops, the cops were afraid. They put him around the ground. And from the view that we were seeing at that point, at that period, when I posted this video, there was only one view from it. Sure. And then he was shot point blank range, killed and it was done. People were, were arguing. He should have just listened. He should have got down. He'd still be alive. This out of the other. Um, then they later showed a secondary view that showed that he didn't even hadn't even touched this gun that they had thought that he had and all these things. Okay. But at that point, I'd only saw that one video. Michael, I got you. Okay. I got you. So I, I just basically, man, I went down to type out my, this is crazy love post that I do every day. And I couldn't type fast enough. Like the, I was, I need to make a video, which I hadn't done for half a year. Yeah. So I just sat down and I just started talking. That's the, that's the preference. Where, that's where it came from. Okay. It came from me trying to be sensitive to all the people basically historically in my life. And I just said to them, Hey, look, man, 
you can say whatever you want to say, but the first thing you need to pay attention to is the fact that a man died. Yes. There's a man who was shot at point blank range. This man was a father. And he's not going home to his kids. Yeah. So before you say anything that you want to say, before you give your opinion on how he wasn't listening, before you say whatever you want to say about what he should have did or shouldn't have done or whatever, just take a second and just imagine that if I, man, if I came to you and said my mom just got shot and I said that to your face. No, I'm going to use a better example, Michael. If I said to you, my mom was ran over by a car. She is dead now. You would not say to me, well, why was she out in the middle of the road? Yeah. Like there's n- nothing in your mind would spark you to say I that. I would never, I would never think, have come up with some type of point of, well, was she crossing in a crosswalk when this happened? <laughs> no. There would be no, yeah. th- no there would be that, nothing. Nothing. And, and let's say even that that was your thought in your head. I'm sorry. Is right. Right. I'm sorry that happened. And so my, 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 God. my point from the video was before you say something, Think if this happened to someone you knew or that it happened to you. And then from that place, from a place that I'm hoping would be love inside of you. And at the time, I wasn't expecting 14,000 people to see the video. I was expecting a handful of people in my life that I know pay attention to me. Say, hey, I know you. If you're watching, you're my friend. And I know that your default is probably love as well. So that being that, just reply with love. Yeah. So that's where the idea came from. Because I was very fearful of the wide span of people that I knew what their reply might be. What I wasn't aware of, Michael, is that when Baton Rouge was going down, there's a part in the video where I say, this is happening all the time. It's happening right now. Yeah. What I was not aware of is that while I was saying it's happening right now, Minnesota was taking place. Exactly. I hadn't seen that video yet. So I finished this video and I post it and thinking to myself, a couple of people are going to see this. It's kind of long. I don't know who's going to watch it. I scroll on Facebook and I see this video of Facebook live streaming that I'm thinking is being produced. Like somebody's filming. You know what I'm saying? Like I genuinely thought Michael, someone was trying to make a movie or something going Watch what could happen here if you're not careful. And we're doing this based on what happened in Baton Rouge. So this is, I'm, you know, I, I imagine a woman was sitting there filming going, my boyfriend here just got shot by a cop and he's bleeding out. Help me. I'm watching this. I'm going, well, this is going to shock the internet. Yeah. And then it occurred to me, I'm watching a man bleed out on live. Te- I'm watching a man bleed out on the internet right now. Yeah. And the hard part about that, Michael, man, hear me, man. It was one thing to watch the man bleeding out. It was another thing more than anything was watching the cop realize that he had done something wrong. That struck me. That's when it occurred to me this was real. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm watching it and I'm watching this guy go, oh, oh. And the and the girlfriend saying, Please, Jesus, don't let him bleed out. Please, Jesus, don't let him bleed out. Don't let him die. I can't believe my boyfriend's going to die right now. And then suddenly I hear the cop go, oh, you know, and cuss and go, I told him to do this. And she was like, no, you actually told him to do this. And then it occurred to me. I was like, this is like, this has happened. Yeah. Then it occurred. Then my honest thought was, bro, is I thought to myself, 
maybe this happened like three years ago and someone pulled some video from three years ago and we're like, well, since this whole thing is happening in Baton Rouge, let me, there's this other hidden video that no one ever found that did. And then when I realized that it was happening and it happened right then, man, yeah. it occurred to me that within a 24 hour period, we had something that could have been a possibly questionable situation that ended up not being that questionable. Exactly. In the same 24-hour period, Michael, we're watching a dude lose his life on television by the shooting of a cop. We're watching it go down right there, man. And so suddenly I found myself going, I don't know what you're going to say about this. I I don't even have to make a video. I can't, you can't, nobody can possibly say anything about this video outside of the fact I just saw a man die. Exactly. And we need to pray for his family. Now, here was, this is what I noticed next, man. This is the other part that after the the cop part, then I realized that there was a four-year-old kid in the back seat. I have a nephew named Declan who's four, who right now, man, the biggest thing that he's into is Batman. He wants to be Batman so bad he doesn't know what to do with himself. I I suddenly began to think about Declan sitting in the back seat watching his dad bleed to bleed. And if you watch the video, the little four-year-old says to the mom, basically, it's okay, mommy, it's going to be okay. So now, now I'm wa- I'm watching this, and oh man, I, I, my natural just like on Facebook, Michael, I'm finding myself hesitant to say things to you because I don't want to offend anybody who's listening. But this was my thought, man. I went, y'all need to stop killing black people. Y'all need to stop killing black people. Y'all just, you got you need to figure out a way to stop killing black people. Like this is, I, when I was saying on video, it's happening right now. I meant it, but I didn't really mean it like that. I didn't mean it's, I didn't mean it's literally happening on video right now. You can watch it. If you stop watching this video, you can go over and scroll down and you can watch a man bleeding out who just got shot by a cop with his four-year-old kid in the back. If you don't believe me, go scroll down and watch and you can see it. I, uh, he happened to be black, but either way you go, here was a man dying with a four-year-old son in the back who was just got shot by a cop. All that to say, man, you're, you're going to get a lot. I know you asked one question, but dude, here's the deal. I'm taking it. You go ahead. Listen, man, I watched, I watched that situation happen. I didn't have the words. I went, I went to bed. I woke up. The world had found out about it. Cause at that point it was still, it was kind of later in the evening that like that it was circulating. And then I woke up and go, I was going, maybe that, maybe that didn't really happen the way I thought. And then of course it was all over the news. Yeah. And then this is the part, Michael, man, follow me here, man. This is the part where it started to get weird for me. I could only in my mind imagine now understand. I don't believe that Twitter, Facebook, all that stuff. I don't believe that you have to be on social media and make a comment about stuff to, 
to be a person. You don't have to get on social media and comment. But if I go on and see that you post a cat video, or if I go on and see that you post, I'm out to dinner with my wife, or if I go on and see that you post, I heard a really good sermon, or my pastor preached this, I tend to think that when something happens, it's dynamic. You may post something with some sort of opinion that may help the world move along in some way. Okay. Sure. Sure. So for a lot of people, especially a lot of my white church friends and white people that I knew in my life, I was seeing a lot of silence. Now, let me be clear. That's not all because there are a lot of people that were saying things that I had never heard them say before. They were starting to question terms like Black Lives Matter because they they watched somebody bleed out. And they were like, this is a, I just watched somebody die unquestionably. So I watched little pieces here, but to be honest with you, man, a lot of that stuff was coming from people that were already a little bit kind of, uh, for lack of a better word, um, I don't want to say are, aren't conservative, but maybe lean more towards the left. I don't know. Maybe just different. Okay. Sure. Whatever you want to call it. We'll take it. Okay. So I'm seeing some of that come out. Now I want you to understand I'm not out here investigating who's not posting, but I had a friend who was okay. I had a white female friend who was, so who was out kind of looking to see if people were going to comment about what had happened in the world. Didn't think much about it. And to be honest with you, I didn't even really care that much, Michael. I didn't care. So that night I'm over at a friend's house. We're watching some news and the news breaks and stops and says, a shooting just happened in Dallas. Nobody knew exactly what had happened at that time. Um, you know, people, they were showing loose videos of people posted on Twitter here and there. And I'm going to tell you what I thought. Okay. I thought one of two things. I thought that's either a white dude or it's a military trained black man. One, it was way too precise. Like people, like people were getting, it wasn't like a random passion shooting where someone just pulled out a gun and suddenly, I mean, sure. it was somebody who knew what they were doing. I was like, it's either a white guy. And I didn't mean that like crazy. white. I just meant like, you know, it, whatever. So then I come to find out it's a military trained black dude who used to be whatever. And my heart broke, man. My heart broke that people were dying. And I'm going to tell you my first thought, it didn't have anything to do with black people. It had to do with death. It had to do with people are dying. And this is, I can't believe that more, there's more death happening. And then the number started, you know, first it was two people, then it was three, then it was four, then it ended up being five. And so I'm watching all this and this is all in a 48 hour period, man. And I'm thinking about that one singular video that I made. And I'm still thinking that I want people's reactions to be love. Now, I go home, I go to bed, I wake up the next day. This, my friend, is where it starts to get interesting for me. This is where I've been at since that day. I woke up the next morning, man, and I realized that suddenly those same people who I thought were being silent, my same white church friends who were being silent because they were trying to figure out how to deal with the death of black people. And they didn't know if they had a voice or if they should say whatever or whatever. I go on social media, man. And every single thing I see is talking about Dallas and the death that happened in Dallas and Dallas and Dallas and Dallas and these five police officers. And, uh, I saw somebody post something like, I'm going to stand by our police officers. And if you don't like that, you can delete me or something. And, 
I started seeing all this stuff about Dallas. Let me be clear with you. I feel like they should have been posting about Dallas because there was death there. And my heart, I can't be any clear that I was passionate about it. But for the first time, for the first time in all this, I started to become angry, bro. I started to become angry, mad, upset, upset. And I had to go back and watch my own video so that I didn't get on and post something that didn't make any sense. And the reason why I was upset, man, is I went, so wait a minute, wait a minute. For the last two days, you saw a man questionably die, and then you saw a guy bleed out in front of your face, and you didn't say anything. And then this tragedy happens, and suddenly you got a voice? Suddenly you want to speak up? Suddenly you want to say something? Suddenly you suddenly at least you're showing to me now. At least now I'm seeing that you care. Now, now I'm going, the people that are wondering where you were, there, oh, there you are. And they're still posting about it. And they're still talking about it. Rightfully so. But I sat down with a wonderful white friend of mine, a grown man yesterday, and I told him what I'm telling you about that. And he genuinely was like, wait a minute. And I love the fact he said this, but he was like, wait. So you were bothered? It bothered you that we didn't say anything for two days. So you were upset because we didn't say anything. Because it never even crossed my mind that that would be something that would have bothered you. Like it never even crossed my mind that 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 would even be something that you would have thought to make you upset. Wow. And I thought, why would it? I I mean, genuinely, not in a mad way. I'm not a bad way. I just thought, dude, I appreciate your honesty. But of all the things you're thinking about, why would you go, man, perhaps there are black men and women who found me insensitive by finally recognizing death when it affected me in an unquestionable manner. Yeah. All that ties back into that video. Yeah. For me. Which is how are you going to respond. So yeah, there you go. All right. One of the things you posted one time and Tyler and I are friends on Facebook, but you had, um, you had made mention. I don't know if you were responding to someone, but it was basically, and and this is what, you know, many things recently have caused me to step up. Mm-hmm. Uh, in the last 18 months, but you had said, look, I can say stuff, but I'm a black man saying stuff. If a white guy says stuff, first off, your white friends are going to see that you are supporting this situation, but also you as a black man are seeing, Hey, wait a minute, white guys standing up for us and being part of this, you know, with us and supporting, um, wild, wild goose festival this weekend. You did, are you, you didn't get to party with that. Um, Frank Schaefer was talking and he was like, you know, more than allies, we need cohorts. And that's kind of, and, and that's part of what's going on now in my head. It's more than just, Hey, I'm an ally. I'm a friend. I'll, I'll post something nice. I'll, I'll pass on a meme. 
But you need you need you know the 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 black community needs cohorts. Um, the little girl, or I say little girl, the young lady that stepped in between an officer who was swinging a baton at a black woman, and he backed off when she stepped in between them. That's the kind of thing that is needed now, and that speaks volumes to me. There, apparently, it was worth it to swing the baton at a black woman, but when a when a white girl steps in, when a white young lady steps in. That 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 was very upsetting to me. That it's like, well, if you're going to swing, just swing. Oh no, wait a minute. I don't have to do that. I don't want to do that. So that's the um, that's where that brings us. Um, there are enough videos and things on Facebook to or Twitter out on social media. It, there's more than enough examples now to prove to set the example of the words that you're saying. Yes. Let me be clear about something. And let me, my history, the reason why I went to my history originally, my history um, causes me to sometimes think about things a little bit differently. Okay. Sure. So let me be clear in letting you know that I understand a handful of things. And I, I understand that there's cost and almost every single thing that you do in your life, there's some sort, it's going to cost you something on some level. Okay. So let's be real about something. I know this white churches across America. And I can say white churches loosely because I've worked for one and I presently attend one. Sure. And when I say white churches, it might be a little bit difficult for maybe people in certain areas to understand this, but if the demographic, if, if you can count how many people you saw in your, how many black people you saw in your services last weekend, you probably go to white church. <laughs> yeah. That's just keeping it real. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So I understand that everything costs you something. Okay. So I'm going to just use you as an example. Let's say that you, Michael, are a church of a predominantly, you're a pastor of a predominantly white church. Okay. Let's say based on that, it's possible that you have history that maybe your, your, your parents are pastors or maybe your parents uh, raised you a certain way or this, that, or the other. Okay. Now. Because you go to a church, it's essentially a nonprofit. There are people that give you money in your church for different reasons. All right. A church is a business. I don't care how you want to. It just is on so many levels. Okay. So I'm aware that if you choose to say certain things to defend me, you're messing with your pocketbook. You're messing with your money. You need to know that I understand that. I understand that if you get up on a Sunday morning and decide that you want to say which if you want to get up on Sunday and you want to say, even in a sentence, black lives matter, you're messing with your money. If you want to get up and you want to say something that may possibly be, I go to a really, really, really wonderful church. And my pastor got up and preached a really awesome sermon and preached about, and he basically spent the first 10 minutes talking about how he didn't want to offend anybody. And I found myself going, you're not concerned about offending black people. You're concerned about offending the white people that are here. And I understand what you're saying, but it, we're already here. Us black people, we're already here. You're not going to offend. There's nothing you're going to say that's going to offend us. What you're concerned about is that you're going to say something that somebody is going to write you back and say, mm, I don't know how I feel about what you said right there because I don't feel that. Way. And it's going to cost him. It's going to cost him something. And a very good friend of mine who I was talking to the same white gentleman who I had a conversation with, he said this to me yesterday at, at lunch. He said, Tyler, it's not enough for me to just not be racist. 
It's not enough for me to just not be racist. And not being racist makes me feel like it's, it makes me complacent. I feel like I'm doing okay because I'm not racist. And as soon as you realize that it's going to cost you something, that's when it starts to become difficult. Because I guarantee this, if you go online, and I have no, I'm sure you know this. If you go online today and you decide that you want to say any opinion having to do with black people and what happened over the past week, um, somebody's going to be upset and or bothered or have their opinion or it's going to offend them or it's going to say something. It's going to chalk up to them and they're going to think that you're have something to do with you have an agenda or you're tied with the media or it's going to cost you. Now what I, I, it's just, I can't stress enough and that I understand that it's bigger than just people having an opinion about you, but that it is literally, it may in some cases cost you finances. Sure. It may cost you your job. It may cost you, um, I'm going to get real, real with you, man. I'm going to get real, real with you. All right. And I understand that this is being recorded, so this might be a little too real. My hashtag, this is crazy love. I'm going to tell you where it birthed from. It birthed from the fact that back in November of 2015, I decided that I wanted to get on Facebook and write a post that simply said, my gay brothers and sisters, I want you to let you know that I'm on your side right now. And the reason why I was going to post that is because um, something was happening in the, in the LGBT community. And I was like, I think it's important that I say that I'm with you. I was about to post it. Then I realized because of my affiliation with all the things that I'm tied into, that if I post that, that there will be people that may see that, that may go, but wait, you're in these videos. You say this, you were my youth pastor once you were all of these things. And you just posted this thing about the LGBT. So I started thinking about all that and I went, oh, okay, wait, wait, okay, wait, no. Okay. Maybe this is what I'll do instead. Instead today, I'm going to post all of my teachers. I love and appreciate you. I just want to let you know. And then I'm going to come back next Monday and I'm going to post all of my firefighter friends. I love you. I want you to know that I appreciate you. Then I'm going to come back the next Monday and I'm going to post all of my Fathers that are out there, we love and appreciate you. And then I can post four four weeks from now, all of my gay and lesbian friends, I love and appreciate you. And then I'm going to be able to justify that post by the fact that I had just been saying I appreciate everybody. Sure. And they just fell into this category. Yeah. So that if anybody in my life who presently gives me money based on the things that I'm associated with see that, I will have an alibi. Because my saying, LGBT community, I'm with you, messes with my money. And I'm a black grown man, Michael. And that's how I had to work in my mind around to simply say, LGBT community, I appreciate you. Like, and, and here's the deal. I've been an actor most of my life. I have more gay friends than I have straight friends. Yeah. I had more gay friends way before I knew Jesus than anything. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah, yeah. that's not, it's a part of who I am. My, my uncle died of AIDS back when AIDS first came around and he was, gay, he was a black gay man. So for me to have to sit back and go, hmm, can I post this? What I'm saying is, is I get it that it's going to cost you, but at some point what it's going to cost you, Michael, is going to become more important. Well, let me, let me, let me restate that. Your caring for people who are not you at some point has to become more important than what it is going to cost you. 
Yes. Let's see that. And if it doesn't, that is where we remain with nothing changing. And that is why I understand that it makes more sense for a white man. Like it means more. It means more as me as a straight man to say, I think you two gay people should have health insurance. Then those two gay people saying, I think we should have health insurance. Everybody looks at them and goes, of course you, you think that because you're two gay people. Yeah. Yeah. So when you as a white man say this black man, his life matters. You're changing the you're you're changing the atmosphere, man. You're changing the way the world moves when you speak on my behalf. You're changing it. That is why, Michael, your voice, when it comes to my racial issues, is a thousand times louder than mine. Your march is stronger than my march. And I hate to say it, but that's just just the truth. If I say to you, I agree with what Barack Obama says. There are many people that will go, of course you do. That's your boy, man. That's yeah. your boy. Yeah. He's the first black president. Of course you agree. <laughs> when you say, I agree with Barack Obama, people go, so what? Why? Yeah. Anyways, I obviously had some thoughts on that. I, I, I like it. Um, I made a post on Facebook that just said, yes, you're a little racist. Don't feel guilty about it. Do something about it. <laughs> I saw that, man. <laughs> oh, man. <sighs> yeah. <laughs> so, because we all are. We, we do see color. Every one of us sees color. My, my little boy came home from school and he was like, I wish I was brown. I'm like, why do you want to be brown? He's like, because Kevin's brown. And I really like Kevin. He's funny. And I'm like, isn't it cool? And I just, I'm like, you know, baby, you don't have to be. You don't have to be brown to be, to be his friend. You can, you can be you. He's like, yeah, but I'm white. All my friends are brown. And I'm like, I love, I, that's a nice problem to have. You know, um, I, my, I need you to see color, man. I yeah. need you to, I yeah. need you to see color. If you don't see color, it takes away from who I am. Let me tell you something that is horribly racist that a lot of white people don't know is racist. Go ahead. When you say to a black person, man, you, well, I'll give you an example. Someone said this to me. They said, Tyler, your band came to, to play with us, man. And someone said to me, you're going to love Tyler. He's just a big, he's, he's a big black guy, but he's just a big teddy bear. He's, he's just like a big white guy. It, uh, I was going to play at their church, so it's not like I can make some big statement and be like, but wait, I'm actually a big black guy. And, mm-hmm. and though I understand the intention of them, what they were trying to say is I associate white with all of these really great, wonderful things. He's okay. Right. Yeah. So I'm associating you with this thing. And, but there's a lot of people that might think that that's perfectly okay. And being like, oh, you're just like one of us. Or you're... You're so, you're so white. Yeah. 
Whatever, man. It's it, it, and this, and it falls in the same category of when I meet somebody I'm like, hey, white dude, you're just like one of us, man. You're you're one of us. Now, you're one of us. Um, it's interesting. It's it's really interesting, man. Oftentimes, the black culture. If, if I were to say to you, like, you're one of us, what I'm really re- referring to is you're like one of my family. You're like family to me. Yeah. So my one of us is that you're like a you're a black person. I'm saying like. You, you, you're part of us. You're, you're part of yeah, us, yeah. you know, but to be like, you're, you're like us or you, you're just like one of us is it's, 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 it ain't good, man. Yeah. I need you to be different. I, I, I'm taking that. I'm giving that out as a freebie. All right. I'll, I'll take that. <laughs> I, I got a friend that I tell him I'm blacker than he is. And he gets mad at me. He says, is this, is it because I'm well-spoken because I'm conservative physically? And I'm like, no, I dance better than you is the reason that I am blacker than you. <laughs> Touche. And we are close enough friends that he mm-hmm. did not take the offense. Right. Right. At the same, Cause it, and that's the, uh, Stuart producer who's back here. Say, Hey Stuart. Hey Stuart. Thank you. Um, It's not my fault. There we go. All right, good. I turned around. I'm, I'm making. I made a joke. That's that's my problem. Mm-hmm. So that's the um, Stewart had said something about you know he he will uh, he will make the joke that nobody else will make sometimes, and um, I like that. Um, and sometimes that's going to be an offensive joke that if you're in the wrong room, somebody's going to be. I'm a little I'm a little pissed that you said something like that. Mm-hmm. But for me to say to my my friend, you know, and it's like, and I don't think he took the offense, but saying that to my friend, that's because I'm one of him and he's one of me. Yeah. And that's all right. But it's like, but if you walk up, if you walk up to a club and say, hey, no, no, we don't do that. When, um, when someone says to you, I don't see race. I don't, I don't, I don't see race. I just see people. We all bleed red. Uh, that's, that's BS, man. Am I allowed to say BS? I just said pissed. Oh, okay. Okay. I, I mean, unless you're literally blind and or, I won't even say you're colorblind. Unless you're blind. If you don't see color in general, like I, I feel like you probably shouldn't drive. Like literally, I'd be like, so what you're saying is you can't tell the difference between a red light and a yellow and a yellow light. Because I'll give you that, but to say you can't see color, man, no, no, it's it's specifically in tone towards race. I my my niece and nephew, who I talk about more than I probably should, Zoe and Declan. I'd mention them in the video. Yeah. What what I didn't mention in the video is that they're white. Um, Zoe, I, Zoe has I've known Zoe before Zoe was born, you know, when she was in her mom's belly, I was going, hurry up and come out. You know, um, I really am just uncle Tyler to Zoe, but Zoe knows that I don't look like her daddy. Like she knows that she understands that she may not understand the history of, black people in America. She may not understand 
Tennessee. She may not understand a, a white cop shooting a black person. She may not understand why there's that tension there or why there should be. Cause maybe in her mind, it would be like, daddy, why would you shoot Tyler? So she doesn't get the color part of that, but she definitely gets the fact that I'm different. And she has known, she has known me before she could make shape forms. Uh, you know what I mean? Yeah, so yeah, yeah. I, all that to say, man, I just think people have to be realistic with themselves and they can, I can understand using the terminology loosely because I get it. Like I don't see color or like when people say to me, I listen to all kinds of music. I listen to everything. I'm like, okay, <laughs> whatever. You know, it's, I understand the term loosely, but the reality of the issue is, is that we see things, man. And, and I think that's fair. I need, I need you. I need you to see things because if you don't, you, someone will say something to you like black lives matter. And you go, no, all lives matter. And I go, you obviously, you really don't see color. <laughs> My bad. You really don't, you know? So let's go there mm-hmm. with, with black lives matter. Yeah. Um, there are our conservative friends, right? There are some who will call, who say that's a terrorist organization. That is an awful place. What I'm seeing, and again, my change. I went from. I didn't know. Okay, this is this is where I, this is where I came from. <laughs> I went from. I didn't own slaves. I've not done anything bad. So, I don't see color. I I was there high school, uh, uh years for years. I w- I was like that. I I haven't ever owned slaves. I don't I don't know you anything. I don't know anything. I want to be friends. I don't want to. You know I I had no problem uh, very close friends my dad was a social justice man um grew up listening to martin luther king on on lp you know he would he would play the speeches on 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 album for me your dad's a good man he was good he was he was good about it um but um he that's i mean what are you going to do in the 70s right right (laughs) we don't have cable (laughs) We, we listen to albums we listen to speeches and albums and stuff but but Still, that's, you know, as I, when I became, you know, went from fundy to conservative and all of, all of that stuff, that, that was the, you know, well, I don't have, you know, well, we're, we're brothers and sisters. We all bleed red. That's the kind of stuff that, that I grew up into. That's, that's how I, that's how I, that was my perspective. My perspective started changing when, and, and, and I'll tell you in sixth grade, I cried when there were, there were race riots in my high school. There were, I mean, like six or eight white people and eight, you know seven or eight uh, black people fighting and stuff, and I cried. I'm, and I remember telling my mom I was afraid the black people were going to take over, and that was and that was something in my head. Yeah, yeah. And because and I'm like, I actually had that that fear, and my mom <laughs> and my mom was just like, this is just this is a fight at a high school. This is not. But I had friends who would say that. Well, mm-hmm. they're going to take over. Mm-hmm. You know, now that President Obama's president, I'm actually kind of happy. <laughs> but, but that's just me. Right, right, right. Uh, but that kind of growing up brought me into, you know, and then becoming more conservative and fundamentalist kind of thing. That brought me into this, you know, I, I didn't do anything, so I shouldn't be held accountable for that. Now, let alone in the last couple of years, delving into more of the systemic stuff that is that is holding holding back people and again you will get some of our conservative friends who will say no that's just not true 
talk to me when I was 20 and saying, be nice. Don't, <laughs> don't come across the desk at me. But talk to me when I was 20. I don't, I don't know. I, I didn't own slaves. I don't, what are you talking about, Tyler? Oh, man. We'll, we'll this, get, is a, we'll, this is another whole other podcast. That's but, all right. But uh, uh, let, me, let me say this. Uh, we're, you can't, we're checking the time is what we're doing. We're good. We're good. Good. Um, man. All right. I'm going to try to give a couple of examples and then I'll just go from, I'll just go from there. All right. So here's the first, and I've never said this before because the revelation that I had while you were talking right now, let's say you felt that way right now. And you said, dude, I've never owned slaves. It's not my responsibility. I'd be like, yeah, that's cool, man. I'm presently not a slave. That does not mean that I cannot die by the hand of a white man today. So I get that you're not a slave, that you never owned a slave. And I agree with you. And I think that's great. I'm also presently, I'm a free, I'm presently free, but I, I'm st still sometimes getting treated like a slave sometimes. So there's that. Okay. Sure. So whether you're responsible for it or not. Okay. Sure. Um, in fact, I'll take this moment now cause I'll, I'll forget the side if I don't think about it. Okay. Um, uh, I, I do this stand up bit that's really more exaggerated as far as getting pulled over. But when I pull, when I get pulled over, um, I, 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 I want you to know, I want you to know, this is not me making this up. This is real life for me. Okay. If okay. I'm driving along the street in Nashville and I see a cop pulling up next to me, I don't get tense or like, Oh my gosh, it's going to happen because I don't have anything in my car. Contraband, or it's just, that's not me, you know, but what, this is what I do. I will, if, if he's even next to me, I will reach over while he's still next to me over here, no matter what he's doing, pull out my wallet I'll get my driver's license and I'll put it on my dash. I'll reach over into my glove compartment. I'll pull out my uh, registration, put it on my put it on my dash. I keep my insurance card on my phone, so I'll kind of put my phone over to the side and start kind of flipping through a little bit, you know, trying to get to it on some level. And so I get it all prepared and in place. And this is still with a cop on my side. If he goes back in back of me, and goes back as if he's going to pull, you know. I'll roll down my window before I even pull over, before he even turns under his lights. If he even, if I even think you, there's a possibility. So I'll be driving with my window down. I already have my driver's license up on the dash and I will have my insurance and everything ready to go all pre. Then if he hits on his lights, I will slowly begin to kind of hit the brakes a couple of times to make him aware that I'm actually stopping. Um, and then I'll put my blinker on and I will pull over to the side of the road and um, I will oftentimes put one hand outside of the window, like put my hand on the window like this, and then I'll put my other hand at what would be two. So instead of 10 and two, I'll put a window on the side and then sure. a hand over here. Um, is that what you do? No. Okay. No, not at all. Right. I don't do that because... I'm scared for my life. I do that because I know he might be scared for his. And if he's scared for his, he's the one with the gun. Yeah. And there is nothing I can do to keep him from doing whatever he wants to do. Now, 
I want to assume by nature, by the definition of the word, that if you were a cop, you were all good, that you were good. Good guys. That's why, to me, when people get online and they go, why are there not, why is the media not showing how great this cop is? And I'm like, because you should be great. Yeah. So if you're not, that's the story. That's where the story lies is when you're not. Sure. So I'm under the assumption that if someone, if a cop's going to come to me, that he's going to be great. Now, here's where it gets interesting. That's all preliminary. That's before he even gets to the car. So as soon as he gets to the car, I am, yes, sir. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Hold on one second, sir. Hold on. Yes, sir. What do you need? Okay. You're going to go back to the back. All right. I'll be right here. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Now. Your yes, sir, comes out probably like yes, sir. And if your father taught you well, that that's probably how you should say it. Yeah. My yes, sir, could easily just be yes, massa. Now, if you're a conservative, or I don't even say conservative, because I, I, sometimes conservative has a bad thing. That's nothing bad about being conservative. Sure. But if perhaps you can't see how I feel that way, you have to understand the fact that I feel that way doesn't have anything to do with the fact that you can't see it. The fact that I feel that way is the fact that that is how it is. That's not a, if I wasn't that way and I got shot, someone would go, well, you should have been paying attention that you shouldn't have been following the law. What you don't understand is that I, as an African American male, I have to re- my whole when a cop comes around me, I have to shift the way I my life is. My life is no longer normal when a cop comes into my vicinity, not even before he pulls me over. And I have I, I have never I don't have a single thing. I've never been to jail. I've never nothing. I've gotten a couple tickets in my life, maybe. But that's how I live, Michael. That's how I have to live. If I live if I leave out of here tonight. That's my reality. Yeah. Now, here's the other thing. All this stuff went down with Baton Rouge, with Minnesota, with Dallas. Two weeks from now, the main story is still going to probably be Dallas, which is perfectly okay. I'm not mad at that. Okay. But your church doesn't have to talk about that in two weeks. But I'm still black. And I'm still doing exactly what I just told you right now. In two weeks when this whole thing wears off, it's not like suddenly I can get calm and peaceful. That's what I live. That's, that's where I have to live. That's what I don't have any kids, but that's what, how I would have to raise my kids, man. Sure. I'd have to be able to say, it's not just be nice to cops because that's what you should do. It's be nice to cops if you want to live. And here's the deal, man. This is the part that can get weird. I'm not even talking about just white cops. I'm talking about if a black cop walks up to me, man, whoever, there is a stigma that comes along now with having to feel a certain way about who you walk up on to, to as a black male. That is just, it's just how it is. So as soon as you're able to just accept that part, if you, as a white male, as soon as you're just able to go, that's not my life but that is yours, then maybe we can have some dialogue. Yeah. So a lot of people have used the, and I feel like lately I just had this, the gentleman talk to me yesterday. He said to me, Tyler, somebody made this perfect example to me. They said, 
if I walk into a community and there was a house burning and then the uh, firemen came along and they went and started putting fire water on the other house, um, I would be like, but wait, this is a house that's on fire. But then the cop, then the fireman would say, but wait, all houses, all houses matter. matter. Right. So he was saying this and I'm going, I've heard that analogy for a long time. Like this is since day one, I've heard that analogy. So I was like, I'm surprised you just have heard this in the past couple of days, but that really spoke to him. Like that really genuinely spoke to him. And it occurred to me, I've been seeing this on Facebook all the time, but I've been seeing this from most of my non-conservative people. Therefore, sure. He just had, it just hadn't been in his stream of people because people would never have posted that. Same way how even though that spoke to him, he won't post that. Bless his heart, he's not going to post that. So his community is not going to see that. So that's the analogy that spoke to him. But for me, for me, it's even more simple, okay? Um, if, if, if you have cancer and you die of cancer and your wife decides to come out and say, I want to raise money for cancer survivors. And I, as somebody who has AIDS, say, but wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. What's making you think raising money for cancer is going to be more important than raising money for AIDS? And this cancer, your wife is going, that's not what I'm saying. What I'm saying is this plays into the narrative of my life because my husband died of cancer. So I'm all cool that you have AIDS. Like, and I'm sorry, I, I hate that for you, but, but this is cancer for me. Yeah. So when someone comes along and says black lives matter, the reason why it pissed them off on a technical level, the reason why it pissed them off on a technical level is because as soon as the hashtag black lives matter became a thing, like many of things in black culture, it felt like it was stolen because people came along and said, hashtag all lives matter. And, and that's where the, the kind of anger came from initially was, hey, we started this thing that was significant to us. And now we're having to compete with this other thing because you want to have your thing about how all lives matter. That's cool. But come out and say something like, everybody deserves to live.com or something. You know what I mean? But mm -hmm. don't step on, on people because they say black lives matter. And as far as the whole thing goes, let me be clear, man. There are some people involved in the black lives matter movement that are idiots, idiots that are stupid, that say stupid stuff that have taken a movement and caused other things. There are other people though, that are cops that are idiots that are, that have, had small man complex all of their life and it should never been a cop in the first place. And now they have a badge and they have a cause, but I'm, I don't believe that every cop is bad. I believe that that dude who small man complex probably shouldn't be a cop, but that doesn't mean that cops shouldn't exist. Yeah. Black lives matter. Because if I just simply said that sentence to you separately, Michael, if I just simply came to you and said, Hey man, black lives matter. And you found yourself going, but wait a minute. <laughs> no. Do, 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 yeah. Does, there's nothing wrong with that. There's nothing wrong with that. Yes. And, and hear me, man. Hear me. Let me <laughs> hear me on this. For someone to say Black Lives Matter is a terrorist group. For somebody to say the Black Lives Matter is, look, Black Lives Matter is not the Ku Klux Klan. Black Lives Matter is not ISIS. 
that's that that's not them. So before you associate what you think Black Lives Matter is, just take a second back, take a step back, and go. You know, I don't know. That's kind of how that's kind of how I think about that. But but with, in the defense for people that feels that Black Lives Matter is a certain thing. I do think it has to do with the culture you're in. I do think it has to do with the environment you're in. Okay, if you are. And, and I feel like I can freely say this, okay, because I, and the only reason I really feel like I can say this is because I feel like I've been not saying this for a couple of years now. And I said this, it was said to me, which gave me the freedom to say something back to somebody. Okay. But the white man who sat across from me yesterday at dinner said this. He goes, Tyler, I've been raised up a conservative all of my life. I have conservative views. He was like, I've always voted Republican, blah, blah, blah. And he goes, and I was watching Fox News, and they were talking about um, – they interviewed someone from black lives matter and they asked him like a kind of honest question at first. And then the next question they turned it to, but don't you think that this, that, or the other, and I was sitting there, he goes, I was sitting there and I, I was watching this and I was going, you guys are getting way off the point. Why are you even asking this guy this? This has nothing to do with the fact that this, you now we're making an argument to this guy who was really just trying to say to you. And so he goes, so out of sheer, whatever, I turn the channel, I turn the channel to another news network. And that news network was covering something having to do with a person in the family, in the life of that individual. And he said, I stayed on that news network for a little while longer because I'd never even thought to even turn to this news network because this was the environment. I'm a Fox News watcher. Sure, sure. And I said to him, Fox News is crap. I felt the freedom to say that to him because he said it to me first. Yeah. Then I went on to say to him, so much to the point, dude, that when a black person sees a black person on Fox News, we think to how much did you pay that dude? <laughs> like, oh, genuinely, like when I turn on Fox News and I see a black person on Fox News, I go, and it's not because I don't think black people can be Republicans, conservatives, nothing like that. I, I believe there are so many things that are wonderful in the world of conservative thoughts, all of that. But when I tell you, if you if all you watch is Fox News, you're going to think black lives don't matter. Yeah. Yeah. You're going to think well no, let me take that. You're going to think black lives matter is a negative thing. You're going to think that they are terrorists. Or you're going to think whatever it, if that is your intake. If that's your intake. If that's what you turn on every day. Now, I am also aware Michael that that me saying that is going to turn people off and go Tyler hates Fox News. That's not it. The point I'm trying to make is, is if your narrative comes from Fox News, I am not surprised if you feel a certain way about certain things. Sure. Because what you're being fed. Sure. A friend of mine uh, posted in a blog uh, talking about um, when you are privileged, equality feels like oppression. So to a white man... When I'm bringing, when I am doing what I can to help the black community, to help the LGBTQ community, and we are creating equality, we are trying to create equality to the privileged, that's going to feel like oppression. And all, all that's happening is people are trying, you're trying to give people the same level, get the, you know, it's not bringing some, you're not bringing anybody down. You're trying to lift somebody up. One, one more thing in an article, uh, and, then, and then we'll finish this up. Um, 
I don't know if you've seen the meme, but this is what I this is what I'm starting to tell, and I'll probably end up posting it again and again and again. There's a, a professor who's speaking to a college class, and the question is: I have a question for those of you who would, and it's mostly it's it's a white class who would like to be treated the way black people are today. Stand up. Nobody stands up. Nobody raises their hand. I don't think you understood the question. If you would like to be treated the way black people are treated today, if you think it's all equal and everything's fine, then you would be treated like black people are today. Raise your hand. No one did. And the point being, you know what the problem is. You know that there's a problem. Now we have to do something about it. Where does somebody start? In your opinion, not, this isn't, you're not official. You're not speaking for the black community. You're speaking from yourself. Where do you see people who haven't taken that step? First, let me say this. The video that you're talking about, um, is not just a professor, the woman, I don't know how much you know about her. I'm teaching that class. Okay. Um, her name leaves me at the moment, but she actually, her, she's a white woman. The entire study of her life is on race relations and she's brilliant. Mm -hmm. And, uh, look more into her and you're going to go, this is, she's, this is out of control. Um, anyway, so that's that. Um, all right. So this is how you start in my personal opinion. At some point, you have to just simply be able to say it is possible that I might be wrong. That's, that's, that's the first thing. Sure. I feel like if you're able to admit that, then you're able to listen with a little bit of a different ear. If you're able to admit that, then you're at least able to open, open your mind up just a little bit. To just go, okay, maybe it's possible that all of the things that are inside of me that, that I feel so passionate about, maybe it's possible that I, I might be a little bit off on some things. Because if that's the case, then when I say to you, I give you my experience of what it's like to be pulled over, mm -hmm. your immediate reaction isn't. Tyler, that cop is really good. Why should you be so concerned? And I then don't have to say you're missing my point. Like I need you to hear me. I need you for a second to just kind of understand where, where I'm coming from. And then if you're able to, to hear uh, Stuart and I talked one time and he was saying to me, I feel like Tyler, this is a period of time where I just have to stop and just listen to people. Yes. I completely agree with that. But I also feel like you have to be able to feel free to ask questions and be okay with asking questions and be okay to go, does this offend you? Like, if I say this, how do you feel about that? Why does Black Lives Matter do you? Why if, why if I say all lives matter, why does that bother you? Um, don't be afraid to ask questions. And then once you start to ask questions, once you start to open yourself up with the possibilities that your life might be a little bit different than someone else's. You're going to have to have a come to Jesus moment. 
on some level. Because if you then decide to actually do something, whatever that do something may be, and I'll give a couple examples, but if, if then you decide to actually do something, it's going to cost you. And what I said to my wonderful white friend yesterday, who's, who had all these revelations, who's tied into a lot of Christian things. And he said, um, I'm thinking I'm going to make a video or type something out or something. And I said to him, I said, um, Hey man, I'm going to be praying for you. And, and it's really brave. And I think there was a part of it that was like, I don't understand. I'm just kind of, and I'm like, no, I, I don't. Once you open up the door of, of, of taking on a voice for someone else, it's going to cost you. But just know this. And I say this to you too, Michael. I want you to know, man. For the 58,000 people you might piss off or something that you post that you know in your heart of hearts is right. I guarantee for as long as they might be angry, and it might be days, it might be two or three days that they're angry. I guarantee that my feeling like you see me mm-hmm. is going to last way longer than the pissed off that they are. I absolutely guarantee it. And you need to know that that, I don't say that loosely. I say that like re- realistically, like that's what's happening with me. Yes. You need to know if you post something, cause that's really the only way we really communicate. If you post something and I see that wherever I am, you need to, you need to know it's not just a post, Michael. It's not just a post. I see that if I'm, if I'm sitting in a coffee shop and I look and I see that, if I'm getting my tire changed, I look and I see that you, Michael, a white man posted something and know that a, I see it, but B it changes me, man. It changes me. It means something. It's not just loose. That thing that you might go, maybe I should do that, but maybe I, I, maybe I should, maybe I shouldn't. Do it, man. Do it because it matters. The same way with me and all the things that I'm walking through with how I feel about how um, LGBT community and all those things, you know, like I know my voice matters. It matters when you do something, but you know, you know, it's going to cost you. And I I just want to try, I want to say just a couple things before we end this up. Okay. Sure. Um, Because this has kind of been my mantra over the past little bit, the kind of realization I've came to, and I've told this to Stuart a couple of times. Um, man, you have a kid, 10, 12 year old. Yeah. 10 years from now, they're going to look back and they're going to say, okay, so dad, let me get this straight. You were the generation that had the iPhone. Like you guys put a computer in your hand and you guys put a computer in your hand and called it a phone. You were those people. You guys were those people that I watch, you know, they can say I watch in social, whatever they watch within 10 years from now. You guys are the people that literally had a guy jump from out of space and land onto the ground. Like you were, you were those, you were those people. You guys were the texting people. Like you guys figured how to text people. We don't talk on the phone anymore because that was you guys. That was your generation. Mm Mm-hmm. But you didn't think gay people should have rights. You were those same people. You were the same people. You were those same people. Yeah. 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 (laughs) You were the same people 
that when black people said their lives matter, you had a problem with it? So wait, people were saying that their black lives matter and you had an issue with that? Like that was a question to you? You felt the need to argue when someone said black lives matter? Weren't you guys the iPhone text jump out of the sky, people? Hmm. Now, with my parents, Michael, when I talk to them and they tell me I had to drop, drive, um, drink out of a different water fountain, there's something in my mind that feels like that was the olden days. Like, I'm like, man, that was crazy. Yeah, yeah. And perhaps our kids will look back and go, that was back in the old days. But we're sitting here right now, Michael, and we know it's not the old days. We know that it's, they're right. You're going to have to look at your kid and go, but you just don't understand. You, you, people thought it was biblical that people use the Bible as same way. My parents talked to me about Tyler. People used to use oppression for black people as a biblical principle. Yes. We're, we're going to have to answer for that, man. We're going to have to answer for the fact that our kids are going to look back and go, dad, I watched somebody get shot, man. I wonder where that four-year-old kid is at now. That kid's 14. Or that kid's 24. And did you say something? Dad, when you saw that pic, when you saw that video, did you say something? Like, did you say something about it to somebody? Did, when, when you saw the guy got killed and shot and bled out and a cop shot him and there was a four-year-old in the back of the car, did you say something, Dad? Wow. It's um, for a show called Same Difference and trying to show the same. We learned a whole lot of difference right now. Um, but that's the way to start. To remember we have a future. And to look at what we have right now as an opportunity to move forward. We all want the same thing. This is crazy love. Hashtag this is crazy love is your hashtag. This is crazy love 2016. Yeah. This is crazy love 2016. Um, look up that hashtag. Find Tyler. Find what he's been posting about. But we all. It's respect and love. Gratitude for what we have, of course. But. It's love. And until Tyler. You get pulled over for speeding and not fear for his life. We're not done until a black man can not get killed while walking, killed while black, killed while driving, killed with a broken taillight, killed for selling CDs. We still have work to do. Tyler Merritt, thank you for coming. You have a email. You want to, anything you want to put out for anybody to um, bro, broken friends? Yeah, name not, band? yeah, broken friends in my band. Uh, but uh, so if you want to check out music, we have an album called "This Changes Everything" on iTunes. You can check it out. But uh, I haven't launched yet. But for those that happen to be listening to this, I'll enjoy it. Uh, I do stand up and a handful of other things. You can check out the Tyler Merritt Project. You can presently check out some videos on uh, YouTube. But I'll be launching that here in the next uh, probably the next year. So the Tyler Merritt Project. Tyler Merritt, same difference. Thank you very much.